Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Hello, John. Good to be back. So, Alan, we discussed last week Barrett developments. At the time, we said we would follow on this week with some further updates when we get them from the house builders. And we've had one this week, actually, from Bellway, which we're going to touch on briefly because it does give some nice insight into the underlying uh, economy here in the UK. So Barrett's last week, Alan said that they weren't experiencing any shortages in terms of supply chain. But we've had uh, Bellway yesterday actually came out and said that um, the supply chain issues are causing issues for construction, but failing um, any short term um, issues they're seeing at the moment. Bellway had a bumper set of results, really, Alan, looking at the figures. What do they look like? Well, they did, John. I mean, you know, a great set of numbers. And, you know, this is this is a, a, an economy blighted by COVID. Everything stopped. Um, the revenues rose 40% to 3.1 billion. Uh, gross profits, uh, online gross profits up 54% to 652 million. Uh, operating profits up, uh, pre-tax up 71%, 71.5%. Um and uh, earnings per share, 102%, um, and a 135% hike in the dividend too. So for shareholders, it's absolutely been a, a, a bumper year. Um, but as you say, I mean that they have they have highlighted uh, supply chain issues um, a little further down the line, which is probably why the shares haven't really responded too much um, uh, this morning. Uh, we're seeing the trade flat um, at uh, 33. Thirty-three pounds seventy a share, um, and of course, giving it a market cap of four point one uh, billion. But yeah, um, the, as you said, the company did highlight um, that there there were some shortages that could could sort of hold back its growth ambitions for the short for the short term. But um, it does expect it to be very much a first half issue. So of course, we'll have a trading statement from soon on the first half, which will probably confirm that. But um, they said the results for the current year will be very much second half weighted. So so it, it, in a sense, there's probably an opportunity for consolidation. But, uh, but, uh, but I think shareholders having held the share throughout the crisis, um, and indeed, if um, if those shares were picked up uh, uh, mid-crisis, and of course, last uh, last uh, March, when everything fell off a cliff, um, Bellway shares dipped uh, down to about uh, £18. Um, so anyone picking the shares up then will have had a, an absolute bumper. Yeah, they, you know, the shares are now at £33. And of course, there's a, a big hike in the dividend to boot. But certainly, um, yeah, it, it, as you say, John, it, it's very much a bellwether for the UK industry. It gives us an inside look at how the UK economy is performing. But uh, but looking forward, to, um, you know, Barrett's are unconstrained. We've got, as you say, Persimmon and Taylor Wimpy results coming up um, and uh, second half performance. So, yeah, you know, I, I think the I think uh, all in all from Bellway, it's a better performance than I think anyone could have expected. Yes, indeed, indeed. I mean, I think it's quite an interesting point there that we, we saw a little boost in the 
shares yesterday when when they reported and, and that dragged up the rest of the house builders in line. But I think there's a uh, an air of caution looking at these shares again today when people are now digesting what the potential shortages could mean going forward for the the rest of the year. So I'm going to be watching keenly in early November when we get the uh, updates from Taylor Wimpy and Persimmon and the other house builders. So I'm sure that's something that we'll be discussing on the podcast. So Alan, before we go on and, and discuss the equities that we're going to discuss today, we have to touch on inflation once more. It's It's been a theme this year and we, we started off the, the year really looking at the United States and the inflation over there and the impact mm. that it was having in uh, the US equity markets in particular. But we're starting to see now um, here in the UK sounds from the Bank of England that they're going to be hiking rates this year. It's well above their 2% inflation target. We've had an instalment this morning, which has seen uh, a slight softening in inflation to 3.1%, but still well above that 2% level. So although it's not as high as economists had previously expected, it is slightly below below their estimates. But I don't think this does anything to change uh, the the thinking of the Bank of England. I don't, certainly don't think it will derail any rate hike plans they have this year. But we haven't seen a great deal of market uh, action on the back of this so far, Alan. I mean, indeed, we've seen the FTSE 100 just in the last week go to pre-pandemic highs. We've, we've, of course, fallen back since then. We've been discussing interest rates in great detail on the podcast this year, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. But, I mean, your view still on interest rates, do we see any great level of, level of volatility if we see an incremental move up in, in rates? Or do you think this is baked into the cake now and people are expecting, maybe even looking forward to a move back to an environment where we have rates more in line with historical averages. I, that's a very good uh, analogy, actually, I think, um, baked into the cake. I think that's where we are. I think there is a, I mean, I've spoken before and, you know, highlighted that, you know, given the the fragile economy with furlough schemes ending, uh, people going back to work and then finding there aren't jobs there for them. There, This, of course, is a huge risk. So, so um, whilst the Bank of England may have to raise interest rates and, and of course we're you know we mentioned supply chain issues just now um, where there are supply chain squeezes where products can be bought invariably more will be paid for them so of course that in itself uh, drives inflation you know you're paying higher prices for existing goods or there's a shortage of food so you'll go and you'll be prepared to pay a bit extra for it um, so that will have the net effect of driving inflation and even if the bank but even if the bank does raise interest rates i think um uh, some of the, the the lenders may not necessarily pass on that rate increase to 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 borrowers so that of course is another factor there may be a delay um uh, until they see how the how the bigger picture pans out but of course um the bank of england will be acutely aware of this they'll be looking and monitoring uh, inflation data um but given supply chain issues um it's a struggle for the bank to, to to really balance the books, and of course, we've seen very strong oil prices, which have pushed pushed up the price of fuel at the pumps as well. Um, and that's another factor the bank has to weigh up. So, um, so that, that it, it's a knife; it's on a knife edge. It really is. Um, and 
we probably will see a quarter of a 1% increase before the end of the year. But um, as I say, it's it's uh, I don't believe that will be immediately passed on by uh, by lenders to 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 borrowers um, um, because it could be catastrophic. Yes, I mean, certainly looking at the the health of the economy at the moment, it, it's very mixed in terms of the figures that were coming out. Yes, we're seeing record levels of employment, but there's questions about the quality of this employment and um, you know what it means in terms of jobs going forward, in terms of job creation and also um, household income. So there's still some big questions there. And, and of course, there's a big realignment of the UK economy due to the pandemic. So I think the Bank of England have to act. If they don't act, um, it would be a situation where economists would be asking why, because we, we're starting to see all of their targets being met in terms of uh, the employment, the economy, and now uh, rising prices. So they have to do something at this point in time. And I think that will be a, a rate hike. So that's something that we're going to be looking at probably later on this year. And as I said before, it looks like this is very much priced in to markets at the moment. I think it would be a big shock at this point if they didn't hike rates uh, before yeah. the end of the year. I think it's November or December economists are pricing in a, uh, a rate hike with most of the odds that they do something in November. So that's something to keep an eye out. And investors uh, should be monitoring what they what they do there. So, Alan, we're going to move on now and discuss a company which is very much tied in to the driving forces behind the Bank of England's uh, thinking in terms of rising, raising interest rates. And that is the rising prices of fuel. And the company that we're looking at here is Money Supermarket. Of course, household bills are on the up. Um, Money Supermarket are a facilitator of people usually trying to find a cheaper deal. They reported yesterday and we saw a nice tick up in the share price, uh, Alan, yesterday. What does that report look like? Yeah, it, it was a mixed uh, It was a mixed uh, report uh, from Money Supermarket, of course, the original price comparison website. Um, but uh, but the 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 company um the, the company is still uh, I, I say suffering i mean it's um it's uh, having to battle off really severe competition from the other sites like confused.com and compare the markets um uh, so so the so so money supermarket of course has, has always had a principal focus on um on lending and finance um and it did and it certainly that performance from the company was was pretty strong. Um, uh, uh, credit cards and financial products um, um, have sort of pushed uh, pushed profits back up to almost pre-pandemic pandemic, um, uh, uh, levels. But there are, of course, issues, as you said at the start, with uh, with um, the w- with the energy industry. Of course, we're seeing this raft of energy companies go to the wall. In fact, I was with. People's Energy, and um, that's one company that uh, went to the wall almost straight away. Um, and uh, it was a seamless. Uh, we we just sat back, and it was switched back to British Gas. So actually, it's worked out fine because British Gas is doing very good deals at the moment. But uh, but nonetheless, this was this was a cornerstone of Money Supermarkets um, strategy and the price comparison website strategy. So um, uh, I think uh, I think going forward, this is now the way uh, people and consumers. 
uh, shop for products, financial products. They compare, they compare the best, and and the brand in itself um, is very very strong. Um, and yeah, whilst the energy crisis, um, the energy crisis is causing um, a, a short term headache for them, um, the the uh, the company has. Uh, chosen uh, has expanded carefully and it's taking made good strategic moves um it acquired a cashback company called quidco um and analysts uh, are, are, are applauding that uh, acquisition uh, believing that it could have very much an outsized impact on the on the company uh, going forward um and of course money supermarket can leverage up its uh, its reach and its um its uh, expertise to really accelerate growth so i think there's a lot to be a lot of focus on um don't believe that the the uh, credit the um energy crisis is going to have a long term impact on money supermarket but um of course uh, that remains to be seen and if uh, if interest rates do increase and spending falls off then of course that will be a whole different story yes indeed um the energy provider that we use uh, actually went to the wall as well but don't ask me which one that is because that's something <laughs> that my better half uh deals with but what i do know is that we do use a service which actually automatically and has been automatically switching us to better deals over the last couple of years. I think we've been using it. So that's obviously a big competitor to Money Supermarket. And I'm just looking at the chart here, Alan, and, and we go back to 2019 when we saw highs uh, around £4.15. We're now trading down at uh, about £2, about £2.20. Yeah. Do you think that decline, and if we, if we would put this on the chart, it would be quite a nice inverse relationship here, that that decline in, in the share price of money supermarket is directly related to the amount of competition that's yeah. coming into yeah. this market. The, the number of new entrants offering access to deals, um, offering search facilities for um, energy, insurance, whatever it may be, um, that is really the main driver that we're seeing here with money money supermarket share price over the last two years. Very much so, John. I, I mean, as I said um, just now, I mean, the, the amount of players in this sector now and of course you know um, th these players are coming to market with new technology money supermarket has the resource to stay at the very forefront of this technology but um, but there are new ways and uh, uh, and uh, you know I think um, I think uh, the user the, the audience that the company is now aiming at are increasingly younger very internet savvy and very able to use search engines to source source the best deals from themselves and as you've said you know you you yourself have an engine that uh, selects the the best uh, energy service provider so this competition is only going to increase so i think money supermarket has to in a sense keep on reinventing itself as it uh, as it did with the with, with the quidco um, acquisition so provided it can continue to do that and of course you know if money supermarket comes along or is interested in your technology um, you, you'll know money supermarket has deep pockets so uh, the company's going to have to pay um, uh, you know a, a handsome fee to to complete the acquisition but um, I think uh, that's probably the way forward for the group um, you know it's it's done a great job keeping abreast of the market 
but uh, still got a market cap of 1.2 billion. So, you, you know, you look at that and think, well, um, you know, it's a big name. So, um, you know, that's that's down from, you know, nearly double that. Uh, well, double that, in fact, um, a few years ago. So, um, so uh, certainly, um, would I buy money supermarket shares now? Uh, if I had them, I'd probably hold them because there's a 5.5% uh, dividend yield. But um, uh, I can't, growth is going to be hard to come by. Indeed. Uh, myself looking at this chart, you know, just looking purely at the chart, it suggests there's some value there. But really, for the factors that we've just mentioned there, in terms of the competition, I'd like to see a more of a shift away from their traditional business model. Really, this is a business that's going to have to make acquisitions to change their revenue generation going forward. And for me at this point, they're not as far along that journey as I'd like them to be. So no, um, certainly that dividend yields is is attractive if you're a holder. But in terms of the capital appreciation in the short term, for me, there's some question marks yeah. um, over yeah. that. So yeah. I'd, uh, I'd like to see a little bit more from them um, in terms of how they're going to change their business model going forward before uh, it excites me into looking at, uh, at their shares in, in any more detail. So, Alan, now we are going to move on to a company I think we've touched on on the podcast previously. It would surprise me if, if we hadn't. Yeah. Um, it's Argo Blockchain. We've seen this week, I mean, obviously, you know, it's one thing after other this year in terms of the development and the advancement of um, crypto NFTs, uh, you know, generally these tokens that are being accessed on the on the blockchain. Just yesterday, we had the first... ETF launched on the New York Stock Exchange, which is based on Bitcoin futures. There's a lot of um, yeah. ETFs out there that are you know, trading in oil, um, which are um, providing ETFs and access to that market. We have the first one in Bitcoin, so that's a big milestone. But of course, Alan, there's a lot more going on in, in the, the crypto and blockchain token market. Argo really... Uh, involved in that traditionally on the, on the mining side um, but you've obviously had an interesting conversation that needs to be brought up mm. um, here Alan so what uh, what was that focused on? Okay so uh, well firstly on, on Argo I mean um, uh, you know holders of Bitcoin I mean we, we've we're seeing the Bitcoin you know rocket up to new highs and uh, and you know arguably looks looking set to fulfill some of the crazy uh, well are they crazy? Uh, some of the um, some of the price targets that some analysts are putting out there uh, for Bitcoin for the next few years. You know, it seems to be. You know, some people are saying four to five hundred thousand dollars a coin. Um, you know, given the increase in the past few past few weeks, is that so fanciful? Well, it's a long way off, but goodness me, you know, the volatility and the sheer acceleration in the price, um, it, you know, makes you think, well, if it carries on growing like this, that could be possible. But of course, you know, speculation, pure speculation. Nonetheless, um, Argo Blockchain's business is all about mining Bitcoin. And as we know, in order to mine, uh, well, what were originally uh, petahashes and now exahashes, which are Many millions, uh, um, uh, many many millions of, uh, of watts of processing power. Um, you've got to have hugely powerful machines, um, and Bitcoin uh, uh, Argo has invested heavily into um, into mining uh, in, into Bitcoin mining facilities uh, in Texas, in Canada, and um, is investing into new technology. Um, and uh, in September, it launched. Um, 
uh, an, a, 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 an ADS offering, that's, a, of course, a depository of seats on, on the US market, raised a further $112 million at um, $15 uh, per ADS. Um, and uh, shortly after that, ordered 20,000 20, new Bitminer machines, um, which are expected to, I suppose, be plugged in and start mining uh, Bitcoin. 1.7 exahash in terms of production by mid-quarter four, 3.7 exahash by quarter three, 2022, which uh, the net result of that means is going to be accelerating the rate at which it mines Bitcoin. Um, so, so the math is fairly simple. If you're producing more Bitcoin and the value of Bitcoin is accelerating at the rate it is, then you're going. The company value is going to grow. And I'm actually surprised that um, looking at the share price performance, really since the ADS launch, we've not seen more of a of a reaction. It's still fairly muted. Um, uh, a week or so ago, we had the uh, September trading statement. The company mined 165 Bitcoin in September. Year to date, that's fourteen hundred and seventy nine Bitcoin uh, mined. Um, uh, in, in terms of revenues into the company, uh, five and a half million revenue in September, six point eight million revenue in August, and the company now owns eighteen hundred thirty six Bitcoin or Bitcoin equivalent. But uh, of course, if it's going to accelerate the rate at which it produces, um, and this is what Argo is all about, um, investing into. Uh, speeding up the process, but also at the same time being green and uh, and and uh, looking for uh, renewable energy sources to to um, to to power that process. Um, so you know, I think Argo at this at this juncture does offer a really interesting play into into speculation that Bitcoin prices are going to go through the roof. Um, and there's one factor. I had a very interesting uh, chat uh, yesterday with. Um, with a colleague and um, we're looking at nfts and of course john we've spoke about nfts earlier in the year and i've got my um gibraltar crypto postage stamps with the nft equivalent uh, which is on my phone i can look at them whenever i like um and uh, uh nfts and the value at which uh, these are being sort of bought and sold of course the, the entire operating system is based on ethereum um, now, most holders of cryptocurrency, most people that have heard of, if you spoke, speak to anyone who um, may not have heard or been aware of the cryptocurrency uh, explosion, um, if you mention Bitcoin, the chances are they will have heard it. So what that means is more people in the world hold Bitcoin than any other any other token. Um, so, of course, the market's huge. But uh, because of the way Bitcoin is uh, constructed, if that's the right word, um, it's uh, it can't directly be used to make purchases on NFTs uh, about NFTs because that entire system is based on Ethereum. Well, there are companies building bridges. So Nifty Labs, uh, which is a joint venture with Coinsilium and Endorse in Gibraltar, are building a pla- a uh, bridge to facilitate this process. Uh, so, um, so it's uh, it's a kind of token swap, but the the net result is that the bit the person with Bitcoin in their account can seamlessly will be able to seamlessly transact and buy the NFT uh, using Bitcoin. And I think when that happens, um, there's going to be an explosion of activity in the NFT market, and of course that in itself is going to further drive speculation and interest into the marketplace. Um, you know that that's uh, that's just uh, my take on it at the moment. But um, uh, you know, I think c- certainly uh, as a play 
on Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining. Argo's probably got one of the strongest offerings around right now. So, I mean, it's quite interesting just looking at uh, the, the latest update from uh, Argo, Alan. We, we, of course, saw a big jump in the share price earlier on this year, which, you know, up to around that sort of 240 level, but which has since fallen back. Mm. I mean, do you think that was a, you know, a, a real rally that was driven by hype around crypto at that point in time? Um, and do you feel now that, you know, maybe there's a bit of reality coming in that, yes, this is a great business in terms of what they're doing, but the valuations, given that their mining profits for the year to August was 8 million. I mean, roughly, if you put that and annualize that, you're looking at 12, 13 million. But we're looking at a market cap above 500 million at this mm. point in time that maybe there's a bit of realization from investors that, yes, this is a great business. It's a great proxy for the, the jumping crypto activity and Bitcoin, but really the valuation may be a little bit lofty at this point in time. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very true. And I think I think when Argo sort of first came to market, I mean, you know, one of the things I like about Argo is that the, uh, the chief exec, uh, Peter Wall, takes his uh, his salary in Bitcoin. So uh, and he's the first CEO in the world to do that. That's that was a great a great PR stunt, if nothing else. But um, but certainly, yeah, where Bitcoin was at the start of the year, of course, there was feverish speculation. Um, and uh, with the increase in Bitcoin in the past few weeks, we've not really seen that uh, speculation come back to to drive the Argo share price higher. But um, I think, uh, and, and I think, yes, you're right. I think investors are, you know, running the slide all over Argo in more detail. Yeah, the the profits year to date versus the current market cap. Uh, there is a disconnect there. If um, excuse the pun, um, but the the, um, the 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 fact is that um, if if Argo can now accelerate the rate at which it's producing or uh, or mining Bitcoin, um, and that starts to manifest itself, you know, it's saying it's going to have an impact uh, mid quarter four. So if we start to see if we start, if we see an impact in October, for instance. That that number is rising, then you know, um, given the price of Bitcoin, I think investors will go back to the to to, to the metric that was used last year, is that um, which was simply well, Argo, Argo can produce X number of Bitcoin per month. Bitcoin's rising exponentially at um, X percent per month. Therefore, the company must be worth this. So, um, so I, I think you know if. That's what Argo has to demonstrate, I think, to grow the business. Um, in the meantime, you know, we're it's 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 maturing as a business. It's uh, it's acquiring some of the most efficient Bitcoin mining uh, uh, systems uh, in the world. Um, and I'm sure as it goes forward, you know, just as we've seen, we're talking about, of course, uh, uh, NFTs and of course Coinbase launching its own NFT platform. You know, just as just as Coinbase have evolved, I'm sure we'll see. Argo uh, evolve in some way as well. Indeed, I mean, if you look at the number of Bitcoin, Bitcoin equivalent that they own, roughly 120 million. So, uh, of course, there's that those assets in there, but still a little bit less than what we're looking at on the market cap there. So, there's obviously some value there, and I think the market's obviously pricing in further growth, and and indeed. It's all down to what Bitcoin does in terms of price movement going forward. So if you're a Bitcoin bull, uh, you're probably looking at Argo as, as quite a good opportunity at this point in time. 
So just uh, a recap of the equities that we discussed today. There was Bellway. We started off the house builder, which trades on the ticker of BWY. After that was Money Supermarket, which trades under the ticker of M-O-N-Y. And just then was Argo Blockchain, trading under the ticker of A-R-G-O. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. Just a note to listeners, we have the next instalment in our series of virtual conferences coming up in November on the 23rd. So do check out the events section on our website for more details about that. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk. 